time for me to bring the word that I've been sharing with you for a couple of weeks now. And I'll try to finish this today. If you haven't seen the first three parts that I did, you can go on our website and listen. And I'm sure it's going to bless you. We are looking at God's word described in symbols. We see that in the Bible, there are symbols that describes the nature, the potency, and the efficacy of the Word of God. And I'd like for us to examine these symbols and see what they reveal concerning the Word of God. We've, we've looked at the first one, milk. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3, 2, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able. So we see that milk is for Babies. The Bible says, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you might grow thereby. We also saw that the word of God is referred to as solid food. Hebrews 5.14, but solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. We also looked at mirror. That's number three. The word of God is likened to a mirror. Second Corinthians 3.18, it says, And all of us, as, we un, as, as with unveiled face, because we continued to behold in the word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are constantly being transfigured into his very own image and ever-increasing splendor from one degree of glory to another. Amen. And we also looked at the word of God is described in the Bible as water. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25 to 27 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. So we can see that the word of God is described as water can someone say amen and i think i think that's the last one we covered last week number five i want to try to finish this today and then i'll go into something else next week sunday number five the word of god is known as a sword ephesians chapter 6 verse 17 i want you to look at that ephesians 6 17 it says and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Can you see that? The word of God is known as the sword of the spirit. Hebrews chapter 4 verse number 12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. In Revelation chapter 19 verse 15 the Bible says, now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. Referring to Jesus, out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. Now we understand that the word of God is known as the sword of the spirit. So when he says, out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, we know that it is referring to the word. Out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. Out of his mouth goes a sharp word. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. Can someone say amen? And that is how Jesus defeated the devil. 
Jesus defeated the devil using the sword of the spirit, using the word of God. And that is how we are going to have victory in 2022. You are not, listen to me, you're not going to have victory in 2022 by arguing with the devil. You're not going to defeat temptation by just willpower. You're not going to defeat the stuff that the enemy will try to do against you because you've made a resolution. And I'm talking about resolutions that are made from carnality. Listen, the way Jesus defeated the devil was by using the word. Come on now, say amen. Jesus had to use the sword of the spirit when the devil came and tempted him. The Bible says when he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Come on now, say amen. Because the devil had told him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become what? Bread. He says, no. Man shall not live by bread alone. But notice it says it is written. So for you to know the word of God is crucial. Knowing God's word is not a luxury. It's a necessity. Come on now, say amen. It is written. It is written. What is written? It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but man shall live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. That's how man must live. And if you're going to live in 2022 and have success and victory in every area of your life, even when the onslaught of the devil is unleashed against your life, the way to have victory is by the word of God. That is the way to have victory. Listen, the devil knows that the word of God is a sword of the spirit. And this word is sharp. And you've got to open your mouth and begin to speak it. The Bible says we believe, therefore we speak. You've got to know what the word says about your life and about your situation. And you've got to start speaking the word of God out of your mouth. And I tell you, when you speak God's word out of your mouth, your situation will change. Come on, say amen. amen. So he said to the devil, it is written. Someone say, it is written. Now, when you say it is written, then you tell the devil what is written. You don't, you don't say it's written, but you don't know what to say. It is written, then, then you, you're mumbling. It is written, and then you, you, you are thinking, what is written? See, you've got to be a believer that knows the word. Come on, now, I'm preaching good, say amen. amen. You must be a man or a woman that know the word of God. You've got to start putting the word of God in your heart. Come on, say amen. It, it, is, it is so vital. You cannot have victory without the word. You are a child of God. The way Jesus defeated the devil was by the word. And that is the way you and I are going to defeat or enforce the victory that he has given to us. The Bible says the weapon of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination, and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into subjection every work of the devil. And we do that by the word. It is written, man shall not leave our bread alone. And then he said, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Because Satan has said to him, to jump down from the pinnacle of the temple. And Satan said to him, it is written, he shall give his angels charge over thee. Now notice even the devil is trying to quote scriptures. 
He said it is written, but you see what he did? He twisted it. And that's what he does. He would twist it. It is written. He will give his angels charge over thee. Well, notice in Psalms 91, he does not say jump down, for he will give his angels charge over thee. That is the addition the devil added to the verse. He said jump down, for it is written. No, it doesn't say jump down. <laughs> Come on now. It doesn't say jump down, for he will give his angels charge over thee. When you read it in the right context, you will discover that God was talking about in Psalm 91, when you are in obedient to his word and you are doing his works. Then he will give his angels charge over thee. In the Amplified Classic, it says, in your way of obedience and service. So in other words, there are places you might go to because you are in obedience to the word of God. And as you obey God in doing what he's told you to do, even if the enemy would come against you, the Bible says that God's angels will be about you as a wall of fire. They'll protect you. They'll bear you up in their hands and you will not dash your foot against a stone. Can someone say amen? amen. So Jesus saw the, de the deception of the devil when he said jump down because you know the Bible does not say jump down. Now we are on the sixth floor. If you pull the curtain open and you open the window and you jump down, Hoping that an angel will pick you up. I want to announce to you, I don't have faith for that. I'm just telling you, I don't have faith for that. Did you hear the story of this man who in Africa, the man read the story of Daniel. I'm sweating seriously here. The man read the story of Daniel, how Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. And so the man said, look, I'll go into the cage where this lion is. Because I want to show you that I'm modern day Daniel. So the man goes into the cage. And people said, no, don't do that. He said, no, I'll do it. No, I don't need that, Jenk. Don't worry, I just need this. He said, I'll go into the lion's cage and see. See what happened. So he gets into the lion's cage. And when he got in, the lion retreated. That's what lions would do. When you get in, they will retreat. But they're not retreating to run from you. They're retreating, to, they're retreating to size you up and check out this meal. Okay, so they retreat to, to size up this meal and see where to start eating from. <laughs> and the lion pounced on the man and killed him. But when the lion retreated initially, the man said, see? Can you see? And the lion pounced on the man. What I'm just saying to you is this. The Bible does not say, tempt the Lord thy God and he will bring you out. A lot of people are making bad decisions and blaming it on God. People wonder why their finances the way it is. People, listen, a man of God went to the Lord and said, Lord, what's wrong with my money? Show me the devil that's attacking my money. And the Lord said, stand in front of a mirror. Some of you will get it next month. <laughs> you see, you, <laughs> people make dumb decisions and they expect God. Listen, God's merciful. And I'm not here to say God won't deliver you and bring you out if you've made bad choices. God wants to bring you out if you've made bad choices. But if you would repent today and stop making bad choices, you will not suffer. 
Come on now, I'm preaching good. Say amen. Stop making bad choices. Before you make any choice, consult with the Holy Spirit. There is nothing the Holy Spirit does not know. And sometimes some people will bring you a proposal and the proposal might look good on paper. That does not mean it will work. Ask the Lord first. I heard the story of this wealthy businessman who said he never lost a dime in any investment. Because when the investment or when the proposal would come to him, he would pray first. And even when they try to pressure him to invest, he would not. Give me some time. So he goes to God and he prays. This is what he does. He prays intermittently every day until he knows what God wants him to do. And I mean, if you know that God will not lead you into error. God will not lead you into defeat. Come on now, shout hallelujah. God will not cause you to lose your investment. When you hear people say, I lost everything. The question is, is that the will of God? Was that God's plan? Absolutely not. But God would restore. But you see, why do you want to go through that first? Before experiencing restoration. You can actually go in the right direction when you know the voice of the Spirit and the Spirit will lead you and you will find out that every day of your life you are making progress. That is the will of God. Praise the Lord. Young people, the person you marry, it's a matter of life and death. In actual fact, the person you marry can be your worst nightmare. And when you go into that marriage, you're going to lock the door and throw the key away. So make the right choice by the help of the Spirit. Preaching good. Because you wake up in the night, you look at the person on the bed. Oh my goodness. Why did I get into this? How, how, how did I come to this? You came into that because you felt goose pimples. You came, <laughs> you came into that because you were not praying and, and consulting with the Lord. The Lord will give you the right person. That amen needs prayer. Amen. The, Lord, <laughs> the Lord will give you the, the Lord will bring you the right person. Come on now, say amen. amen. Very important. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Some people say, look, I will bring her to church and I hope she will get saved. That's what we call missionary dating. And don't ever think to yourself that that person, listen, you are not the Holy Ghost. You say, I'll bring him to church and he will get saved. I'll bring her to church and she will get saved. My question to you is, are you the Holy Spirit? Because that person may never get saved. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Listen, faith and presumption are two different things. I would do it and God would help me. No, it doesn't work that way. 
I'll do it and the Lord will come through for me. It doesn't work that way. If God has not told you, don't get involved. I'm preaching good. Say amen. amen. You heard the story that this man gave his entire bank account to the Lord. And then two months later, the man got into this big business contract. And you said to yourself, oh my God. The man gave everything in, in, in his bank account. I'm going to do the same. No, you don't do the same. You don't do the same because someone else did it and the Lord blessed them. The man did it because the Lord told him to do it. Now you do it because you heard him do it. See, you don't have grace to do that. I heard the story of the man who gave his car away because he heard someone else give his car. And he was working. He trekked and trekked and he wasn't getting a breakthrough. His, 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 legs, his legs became his car. His legs became his car. No, listen. You've got to understand that the Lord will lead each of us differently. And what he tells you to do may not be what he tells me to do. This is not monkey see, monkey do. Because I saw you did it, and then it, God blessed you because you did it, and then I have to do the same thing. No, when it comes to, listen, there are things we know we should do. All of us should do. But there are things that God will speak to some of us specifically to do. And if he speaks to me about giving everything I have in my bank account, and I tell you the story, and I tell you how God blessed me, that's not to say give everything in your bank account. Come on now, I'm preaching good, say amen. Thou shalt not. The church is filled with not this one, many other churches. <laughs> no, there are many, many, many in the body of Christ that are so upset with God because they waited and waited and they haven't seen it. And so they get upset with God and they are now very grouchy and they're complaining. Well, I did this and I thought God was going to come through for me. Well, I, I did this and I thought God, listen, was it not God who said, no, God didn't tell you. And a lot of times people deceive themselves to say, God told me. And you see, it's easy for people to say the Lord told me and they want to put it all on God. Some come to talk to you, you know, they say, pastor, the Lord told me. If you come to me and you say the Lord told me, then you ask him my opinion. I wouldn't give you any opinion because the Lord already spoke to you. Why ask me when God told you? If God told you, who am I to compete with God? The Lord told you, yeah, go ahead and do what he told you. But don't get me involved. God, don't, don't make me an enemy of God. Because what you're telling me right now, to be honest with you, even when you tell me what you said the Lord told you, I can see through it. That God don't say stuff like that. Come on now. God does not say things like that. I, I, you, when you know the word of God, you know God will not say that. God's not going to tell you to kick your wife away and marry another woman. See, the deception that's running rampant today is crazy. And people use the name of God. The Lord said. The Lord, the Lord told you to do that. No, the Lord will not tell you to do that. Praise God. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God.
Praise the Lord. That's how Jesus defeated the devil, basically. And then the next thing we see, number six, is God's word is described as fire. In Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 19, he says, Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire, shut up in my bones. You see, God's word is like fire in us. Come on now, shout hallelujah. In chapter 23 of Jeremiah, verse number 29, it says, Is not my word like a fire? Says the Lord. So God's word is fire. That is the reason why our messages are hot. Our messages are fiery. In Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, as Peter was speaking, the Bible says the word was cutting through the hearts of those that were listening. They said, men and brethren, what shall we do to be saved? Because the word was cutting through their hearts. The word of God, listen, the Bible said the preaching of the gospel is power to those that are saved. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Listen, this message is not a weak, watered-down message. This message and this gospel is a fiery, hot gospel. And when you've got a fire burning in your heart, when you preach the gospel, when you preach the word, the fire of God will burn in the hearts of your listeners. Come on now, shout hallelujah. The word of God is what? Fire. When it comes out of your mouth, it will destroy the works of darkness. The word of God is fire. When it comes out of your mouth, it will convict those that are sinning. The word of God is fire. When it comes out of your mouth, it will burn the, the, the stuff off in the lives of people. All the dross and all the mess and all the stuff in their lives will be burnt up by the word of the living God. Can someone shout hallelujah? Let this word burn in your heart like fire from today. Let it burn in your heart. Let it burn in your bones. Let it burn in everything about you. Let it set your entire being up and let it burn. Can someone say amen? amen. Praise the Lord. Number seven, the word of God is like hammer. It's like a hammer. Jeremiah 23 verse number 29, it says, And the word of God is like a hammer that breaks the rocks in pieces. I like that. See, that's why you see in revival, in revival, you just keep preaching the word, preaching the word. As you keep hammering on the word, you keep pounding on the word. Guess what? The hearts of people begin to open up because the word of God is like a hammer that breaks the rocks. My God, sometimes you see some people, they come to church, they sit there and you're preaching and they look like the light is on, but there's nobody at home. But if you don't stop, you keep preaching. You keep hammering away. The word of God is going to break through. God's word will break through. So just keep pounding on the word. And even in your own personal life, keep pounding on the word. Listen, you will break through. Because the word of God is going to break through for you. Praise the Lord. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. Is my word not like a hammer that breaks the rocks? The hearts of some people are like rocks. 
And you've got to keep preaching that word. Keep hammering on that word. And it's going to break through. Praise God. It's going to break through. So you see, my friends, whatever it is that you're dealing with, the word of God is the solution. If you don't stop, there will come a breakthrough. Hallelujah. Number eight, the word of God is a rock. In my note here, I, I, I say immovable. The word of God is a rock. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24. He says, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Can you see that? So we can see that the word of God is described as a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it did not fall. For it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. I want you to notice something. That both houses had the same experiences. They both had the same experience, correct? Both houses had the same experience. The same elements affected both houses. Is that correct? Everyone said the same elements. The same. What kept the first house standing? And what made the second house fall? The foundation. The foundation of the first house is the rock. And the rock is the word. When your life is built upon the word of God, nothing will move you. Can someone say amen? amen. But notice the second house fell flat because it was not built upon the rock. It was built on sand. The last, the last two years plus has been a big, big, big challenge really even to the body of Christ. And when this whole thing started, I told the staff, I called them into the office. In actual fact, I got to the office because the Lord had given me a dream and I shared the dream with them. And I said, this is an attack against the church. And when I said it, of course, at the time, not many people believed it was an attack against the church. But oh my God, the last two years have shown us how divided the church is. And it just appears as to me as if Second Thessalonians is really coming to fruition. The, the, the great falling away. Those that are going to be in faith and those that will not. Those that will walk in the spirit and those that will not. I was about to go to bed that night and I said, Lord, what is happening? And the Lord showed me a dream and he said to me, it's an attack on the church. It's an attack to shut the mouth of the church. Because the church is the only institution that can push back the tithe of the wicked. And what happened? The church was told not to meet. Someone was having this intense conversation with me. He said, I asked him what would Jesus do if he was here. He said, Jesus would make sure everyone is safe. 
Uh, you can be you can be very logical when you when you when you speak like that, but you are not in faith. Your logic is not faith. I'm not saying there is no virus running around, but I'm saying that we have a God who was the same God that John G. Lake served in South Africa. When the bubonic plague was killing people left, right, and center, the man went in the midst of them and he was praying and touching those men who were dying. And when the doctors came and saw him and they said, how come you are not affected? He said, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. It would touch me, it would die. It would not live. Today, we... People want to have a survey of who wants to be in church and who don't want to be in church. Because, you know, if we are in church, we might get infected. So let's all stay at home and watch on the internet. And have you noticed that when you started your online, online service, many were watching. Two months later, they got tired. Because not, most Christians don't have the spiritual stamina. Church was not designed to be online. Church is designed to be in person. I cannot baptize you online. I cannot, I cannot dedicate your baby online. I cannot lay hands on you online. Come on, I'm preaching good. Say amen. Yo, man, this has exposed. It exposed a lot of things. It exposed a lot of things. I'm sorry to be the guy that comes to you with the truth on this one. Because in these last days, you've got to have raw faith or you don't have faith. And if you think, if you, think you can just barely get by and make it, I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You, you're not going to just barely get by and make it. No, it's not going to happen. You're not going to be a compromiser. It's not going to happen. You're going to be 100% sold out to the Lord. And you're going to be fearless. For he has not given unto us the spirit of fear. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. Come on now say amen. amen. What would Jesus do? Well Jesus would have made sure that everyone was safe. Are you kidding me? Jesus was touching people with leprosy. Is that what Jesus would have done? He was touching people with leprosy. And leprosy is contagious and he will touch them, but it will not get on him. But the power in him will get into them. Amen. That is the reason why where you worship in these last days will matter a lot. It's going to be a matter of life and death. And look at me. I'm co I come from Africa. We come from a place where if you don't have raw faith, the devils there will eat you for breakfast. No, so you know. No, I'm telling you. I'm not kidding you here. The devils that will eat you for breakfast. What some people think works in the West cannot work in Africa. That's why they say Africa is the, is the, is the burial place for missionaries. Because your sweet gospel, don't, your sweet talk don't work. People are levitating in front of you. Come on now. People are in front of you. You see them levitate. To be standing suspended in the atmosphere.
So you're smart. It's not going to work. You tell people to pray. They can't even pray. They're sitting there looking at this. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's not going to help. What's that? That's why you see people, pe people, pe <laughs> people go on a fast, just fast, stay in the spirit, build up the inner man, stay strong, stay in the word, operate in the power of God. That's why. You know, I mean, men like John G. Lake succeeded in, Af in, in Africa because he had the power of God. He, he established 550 churches in five years. Now, you know, that was supernatural. That couldn't be natural. You don't get that from your church growth seminar. Put the nice light up. Play nice music. Some people leave the keyboard players not there. They can't flow in the anointing. Give me key, the key of D. Come breathe upon me. Let it flow. Praise God for the keyboard player. But if the keyboard player, I mean, we, <laughs> there are places where people don't even have microphones. Right? Is that correct? You go to play, you see the power of God moving. My goodness. People are getting healed of cancer. People are getting delivered. Devils are coming out of people. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible says of Stephen, the man was a man full of power and faith. You can't be full of faith and power without the word and prayer. Let's pray. I, I was watching some of you through the week. And Lord, God, God have mercy on you. <laughs> no, I was watching. I was watching. I was, I was up here. I was, I, I, I'm going to lead the prayer the whole time. And I was here watching. <laughs> I was watching the whole time. Last week I was watching. Every day I led prayer. Monday to Thursday I was watching people. I was praying and watching. Yeah, I see. And you see, when there is a corporate anointing and people cannot pray, how can they pray when they are alone? Because there's something corporate anointing will do to you. There is an encouragement when you are with people. One would chase a thousand. Two would put 10,000 to flight. There's something that this corporate anointing would do to you. But if in a corporate anointing you can't even connect, what happens when you are not with anybody? And I told you last week that this year 2022, there, there might be times when you are all alone. There will be nobody with you. You and the devil, you've got to face him and deal with him. You might not have the time to find my number. You might call me. I might be on vacation. <laughs> and I'm not going to answer. The brother called me one day a few years ago. Pastor, Pastor Godwill. I said, yes. 
I mean, I can hear this, the noise in the background. Pastor, come now. Come. I said, no, no, I'm not coming. I said, no, I am not coming. Pastor, come now. Are you kidding me? Come now like, <laughs> are you Jesus? <laughs> are, you, are you Jesus who called me to the ministry? Pastor, come now. No, I'm not coming now. And some of the things they ask you to come now and deal with, it's not new. They've been dealing with it for two years. Come now. No, I said, no, I'm not coming now. You come now. You, <laughs> you bring your wife here to see me. It was a fight. It was a fight. Husband and wife fighting. You wanted me to come into the mess. No, I'm not coming. You bring your wife and you come see me. <laughs> you get out of the spirit, you get into the flesh. The flesh will mess you up. Don't get in the flesh. Stay in the spirit. Tell your neighbor, stay in the spirit. Stay in the spirit. Stay in the spirit. The Bible says the spirit gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Stay in the spirit. Stay in the spirit. And you will do well in 2022.